Welcome back. It's time for Customers Who Click, the e-commerce podcast for brands looking for their next growth opportunities. If you're interested in improving your conversion rates, average order values, and customer lifetime value, head over to customerswhoclick.com where you can find all our previous episodes and get in touch if you'd like to learn more. Today, we're joined by Johnny Longdon, and we're getting down to the brass tacks of CRO, uh, or as he'll argue, uh, why we might be getting it all wrong with that term. We're going to explore the essence of what CRO truly is, why the label might be leading us astray, and the facepalm moments brands have when they jump into CRO without a map. Let's get Johnny on now. Hi, Johnny. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, would you mind just introduce yourself, give us a bit of your background and uh, how you've got to where you are? Sure, no problem. Hi, and thank you for having me. So... I'm Johnny Longdon. I'm the director of digital experience at a performance marketing agency called Journey Further. We predominantly do retained conversion optimization, experimentation program management, but we have a range of other services sitting around that. And I personally do a lot of management consulting, helping big organizations to scale experimentation. My background, I've been in CRO and digital analytics for about 15 years now since Google Website Optimizer first came out. And that's more or less what I've done since in various different guises. I was a management consultant for a while. I ran over agency teams and I built and ran a big experimentation function at Sky in the UK. So yeah, that's me. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, before before we get into the the, the proper CRO stuff, what, what do you think gets customers clicking? I think I guess like it depends is the ultimate answers, but I would say mainly some sort of differentiated value proposition is I, I think ultimately when it really comes down to it, I would say customers are looking for this is different. I'm in the right place at the right time. This is something special. And that is going to come from a unique value proposition and value exchange basically. So I think at the end of the day, it probably comes down to that. I, I think that's a good point. I, I think actually, I, I suppose it's still differentiation, but I think a lot of brands just need some sort of unique value proposition. Yeah. Um, it's quite a lot. I think in a lot of like commoditized spaces or even fashion, jewelry, that sort of thing, uh, where, yeah, you don't actually see much. This is why you should buy from us. Yeah. It's mainly just if you like this dress, yeah. buy it. All this piece of yeah, that's the way I usually describe it to clients. Is just I type something into Google. There's 20 things that I can click on. I can click on them all, have a really quick look at the website, but there's nothing to stop me clicking back and clicking something else. So what? Why should I care? Why am I staying there? And that the answer to that question can be all sorts of things. It could be the like, it could be the experience of your site, or it could be the price, or anything. But you know, it's what is different? What, why am I caring? Why am I staying there? That's what you have to answer. Yeah, there must be some... Re- if someone has had a look at your website and they are actually looking to buy, they're not coming for, to speak to customer service or whatever, there must be some sort of reason why they close your tab and purchase yeah, something. Um, so I'd like to do, to start off actually with, is just ask you, like, what is CRO? Like, how do you describe CRO? Yeah, great question with that I could talk about for probably a week, but I don't know, there's a lot to unpick there. So I, I present on this to clients a lot of the time where I actually think that CRO has a sort of a history around it, which has kind of warped what it should be from what it actually is. So CRO can mean all sorts of things to different people. One end of the scale 
you will have people saying they're doing CRO when what they mean is they just found a list of best practices online and they're just like going through them, implementing the website. At the other end of the scale, you've got very advanced experimentation operations that might still call themselves CRO. So what it is in the sense of how it's done is very varied. Mostly it's quite a sort of a strange exercise in tactical revenue generation. So, but if I answer the way, if I answer what I think it should be, I, well, I wouldn't use that. Um, What I would do is say that really what we're trying to do is help people make better decisions about things to do with digital products and services using evidence-based approaches in order to de-risk the process and the cost of engineering and innovation. Which is not very snappy. It's not snappy as yeah. CRO, but you know, <laughs> that, that's ultimately what I think we're, we, you know, we're aiming at trying to do. Yeah. I mean, is, is it digital only? No, it absolutely doesn't have to be. I mean, that's another aspect of it. Like, why should you do that? And that, that gets into the realms of, do you, it does it even need to be experimentation? Like I didn't use the, I didn't use the word experimentation in that definition. I just said helping people make better decisions using evidence. So that doesn't have to be an experiment at all. It could be anything. So yeah, you can open up the field to all sorts of stuff. And it just is a fact that the 99.9% of cases at the moment where anything like this gets done will be an A-B test on a website. But the the vision is that it, it, it is not that. That's just one type of validation of things that you can do. Yeah. I mean, I, ideally it's, I suppose it's like an overall, I, I, I kind of call it a, like just a, a growth discipline for a business, right? It's not just A-B testing. It's not just tweaks on the website, on the, the customer-facing side. It could be if there's issues with delivery and we're the ones figuring this out. We're doing the research, we're speaking to customers and we're finding out that all your bad reviews are because of delivery issues. All your customers say one of the most important things to them when buying from a business is delivery and shipping speed. Then... If we can feed into that and make and optimize that for the business, I still kind of feel like that does sit. I mean, CRO is not the best term for it yeah. in that space. Yeah, well, like, I mean, to completely strip it back, the way I describe to clients, the real sort of aim and purpose is just think about anything remarkable that happened in civilization over the last 300 years. How was it possible? It was possible because of the scientific method. That's what the Enlightenment gave us was this rational process of being able to achieve things using this iterative rational process and space flight, medicine, technology, all of this stuff. It came about through this process of observing, learning, failing and developing. And it's absolutely phenomenal that businesses do not try and emulate that process. Like I, It's always yeah. baffled me that a business is an entity that is trying to achieve something great. It's trying to, even if it's just trying to achieve a load of revenue for shareholders, it's trying to achieve something. And why would you not look at the guys who got somebody on the moon? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> But no, everybody just goes, oh, no, I know exactly what's going on. I'm an expert in this. We don't need to do that. So it's just a very strange thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, like, you really strip it all back. That's ultimately what it is. It's like, how can you achieve things using a more rational, evidence-based approach than just guessing? Uh, yes. I mean, I've, I'm sure you've seen it a lot as well, but I remember in-house and there'd always be someone higher up saying, this is how we should do things. Yeah. 
normally maybe not specifically explicitly said but basically because they're the one with the experience they're the senior persons yeah they are well i I mean i've thought about this a lot and like interestingly i think it ultimately comes down to the nature of hierarchical capitalist ways of working that have come from the industrial age because if you think about it when somebody is hired into a job they are paid according to their past experience so the more you get paid the more relevant your past experience and the more past experience you have so you're going to get paid a lot and be senior in a business that's because you have done something that the the company values somewhere else so when you get into that job how do you justify that salary you have to justify it by bringing that experience you have to which means bringing your opinion so that's ultimately what it comes down to. And unfortunately, that's not going to change anytime soon. So you've got a lot of people in the CRO industry talking about pose and all this kind of stuff. And the problem is that it's, it's never going to change really, like unless something radical happens and we get rid of hierarchical management structure altogether. So I think the ultimate thing that I'm saying is you have to work within that. You have to recognize that is going to happen. That is how people are going to make decisions and experimentation can be a bit of a juxtaposition to that and can work with it, but it will never get rid of it completely. Yeah, I mean, I always found that going into meetings where we were discussing what changes we wanted to make to the website, what email campaigns we wanted to do, whatever, I always found that going in with some data, some research, and saying, this is what I feel should be done because of X, Y, Z, why don't we give it a try? And that it's really difficult for a lot of people to to push back on that because it's a very reasonable approach i'm not saying i'm right let's do this i'm saying this is what i think i should we should do based on yeah xyz i in in similar but slightly different that the most compelling thing that i've found is to is that showing people things that don't work is actually better than showing people things that do work so if i if i sit in a business and go to a senior team and say look i've tested this and it's going to make a million pounds they could not believe me and not lose anything is the risk not making a million pounds but there's nothing lost by not doing it whereas if i go and say this thing you are going to do and you are planning on doing i have demonstrated it doesn't work you cannot ignore that the you absolutely have to do something about that you have to either you have to either actively ignore me and therefore risk it not working, or you have to notice the test. Do you know what I mean? So, so yeah. I've found that showing people the risk inherent with the decisions that they're making is better than showing them this potential positive upside of testing as a way of figuring out things that you should do. But would you actually go down that route of saying, I've tested this? It- didn't work it's going to it shows that you will lose money so don't do it or would you look would you kind of bring in previous examples and say well this is where for another client or whatever they wanted to do this so we tested it and it showed that they would lose money so we didn't well i think that so let's test so yeah i think that's definitely i mean i think the other thing you the other thing that you can do is say this we've tested this and demonstrate it and we can demonstrate that it's not a good idea but what we've learned and therefore what we know is a good idea is this like different version of it or something yeah. like that. So that you're showing not just like here's risk, but here's how to mitigate the risk. 
the point is that that's different from going this random thing you haven't been thought of thinking of at all we've demonstrated with this fancy stats stuff that it works and it's easier for people to go well i don't really believe you don't really yeah i suppose it's if something is a topic of conversation in a business and if they're having meetings about it to discuss how do we fix this thing or we should introduce this feature then yeah if you can come in and say well we've tested this and this didn't work but if you do it like this you know that's a positive thing whereas i suppose yeah if you just say we tested this random thing you weren't even thinking about and it's generated yeah some amount of money i I think the other important aspect of what i'm talking about is that cro experimentation will gain most traction if it is drawing on ideas that are already in the business and helping the business to make decisions that they're already making that's different from a cro team going and sitting and coming up with their own ideas and beavering away at things and doing things it it always works better if it is encompassed of bringing other people into it and going to people and saying hey i see you're like thinking of doing this like i've got a way i can test that for you if you're interested and and it being a way of helping other people make decisions rather than this exercise in coming up with ideas yourself and testing them and trying to generate revenue like that just going back to what you said earlier about obviously there's been loads of development over the years, just through experimentation and stuff. Do you think one of the issues in, I don't know if it's specifically e-commerce, we focus on e-commerce, people copying things from other websites because they assume that is working for that website because that's why they, they've they got it and they've kept it on the site. If it didn't work, surely they wouldn't have it. Yeah, this is a really interesting topic, really. Like, yeah, there are those out there that believe that in best practices and best practices are essentially copying like best practices nothing other than things that people think are cool on like the biggest websites so you'll often find that like what is supposed to be a best practice is just stuff that google does or apple does or whatever and things like that and no one's actually determined whether it's good or even whether it particularly works for them like they're just things they do and it must they must be good uh well i I saw someone on linkedin commenting about how I think they're basically saying like Apple's website is actually terrible from a CRO point of view. They just benefit massively from the fact that they're Apple. And yeah, yeah. no, it is true. It's if you actually try and use Apple's website, it's not very good. But people will go through a lot of pain to buy an iPhone. They want an iPhone, so yeah, the strength of the product and the brand. But the website yeah, is and- cool, right? That's what it is. People know they want a web- the iPhone, so they go. They're willing to do whatever it takes to buy one. And then everyone talks about how cool the website looks and how slick the design is and everything. But actually, if you didn't have a clue what the difference between an iPhone was and a a Samsung, then it probably is a much more difficult website to actually get. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the sale was done ages ago before you even got to that website. You're You're not going to the Apple website to figure out if you want an iPhone, mostly. You're just going to get one. So you will get one and the experience could be pretty terrible it could be awful like you would just muddle through and because that's what you want so yeah and similarly all of the big companies like that probably don't need to put a huge amount of effort into their user experience so everybody else copying them doesn't really make sense at all but the other thing is that well there's a couple of other things one when you run experiments all the time as you will know things don't work like there is no such thing as a best practice like you know you can have these things like there are things like people say 
you should like minimize the discount code field on an e-commerce retail checkout. Well, sometimes you would do that and it would work. Sometimes it would have like a completely opposite effect. There, there is no rhyme and reason that like really there might there might be slight things that are like slightly more likely to generally work, but they don't always work. So why are we saying that like John Lewis's website is brilliant and everything on there will definitely work? It absolutely won't. And um, the other thing is. Imagine if, like, I actually put a post out on this week, but imagine if Google, when they very first started, just copied AltaVista. No, no, I don't just mean copied a user experience. I mean copied the business model. Then the, Google wouldn't exist because Google was very exactly completely different to that, and that's why it was an overnight success. So how are you ever going to be anything other than a kind of a pastiche of another company if you copy them you're not gonna you're not gonna be amazon yeah you like if you copy them then all you'll ever be is like worse than amazon so do you know what i mean like and all these kind of all these kind of best practices and things like after a while once everyone has done them i I suppose you could still consider them best practice because if everyone's doing them it makes sense but it loses yeah doesn't it there's stuff like there's one that pops up a lot. It's when you see, oh, seven or 14 people are looking at this item right now. Well, for an e-commerce brand, I've tested this a few times for an e-commerce brand. Mm. It yeah, works. exactly. So, well, well, I've tested it and it's worked really well, tested it and it's like had a really negative impact. So it, it's worked where people have a reason to believe they might miss out to one of yeah. those other people. So limited edition things, tickets, I mean, the big hotel booking or the big booking sites got done for it here because it turned out you could be looking at any date in the future and it would still say it would still list bring you up as, as one of those people who's viewing that room but i mean if i'm on a, a just a fashion site or a jewelry site i've got no real reason to believe that i'm going to miss out um yeah. on, on my purchase because there's a handful yeah. of other people and also if you did you could probably buy it somewhere else you buy off Amazon or yeah. from ASOS or whatever. So all you're doing is like pressurizing people into making a decision they don't really need to make, which is just sort of high pressure selling really. So yeah, you're absolutely right. The other thing that is not anything evidential, it's sort of just anecdotal, but I get, I've always had the impression that the older the audience, that really doesn't go down well. That like okay. as the demographic gets older, people i think probably just really don't appreciate any kind of thing that's seen to be like high pressure sort of selling so it so there's i suppose maybe there's a bit of the older older generation just doesn't care whether other people are looking at it whereas a younger generation might be thinking well this must be popular if a load of other people are looking at it yeah need to grab this yeah i mean i think ultimately you'll never know (laughs) the reasons behind these things like but you're absolutely right anyway, is that there are no best practices. Like the thing the things that people say, Oh, you should definitely do this. You definitely shouldn't. You should definitely test them. But like Well, I, I the example that I've talked about a few times before is the basket hold timer. So we'll hold your basket for fifteen minutes. And this was for a brand where people were spending six months making their decision on what to purchase and getting their timing right. So it's a similar thing, right? I don't think they appreciated a timer which was saying you've got 15 minutes to complete your purchase and in Shopify right it's not exactly difficult to complete your purchase once you're in checkout 
So it was just a bit, it's, I think it stood out as an obvious yeah. pressure tactic rather than a, what, what it should actually be, which is a, don't worry, we've got, we're hold, we're saving this for you for 15 yeah. minutes so you can make your yeah, yeah. purchase. But just going back to the best practice thing, I think, in my opinion, th- there are some best practices, but it pretty much boils down to your website should have a navigation. It should have search. It should have collection pages, product pages, a cart, a checkout. But you're right. O- outside of that, it's really difficult to say what's going to work for yeah. your brand. I think the, the other thing as well is that let's say there was... Let's say there was a best practice. I don't know, like I saw this thing the other day about somebody had done like quite a significant number of tests and on whether buttons should have rounded, slightly rounded corners versus like finding corners. And like, so let, let's say like, I don't know, you could categorically prove that, that like you should have slightly rounded corners on your buttons. Well, great. That's the most uninteresting thing in the world. Like, so the, the other thing about best practices is that they can't be anything other than these sort of lowest common denominator aspects of like the most basic aspects yeah. of user experience. And the, and the analogy I would make is it's like if you have a physical store, is the door the right size for people to fit through? And like, a, do this does the escalator work and things like that? So like, it, it would be a, an example that is, I mean, it still doesn't matter because you're never going to not make your yeah. payment at a bar or something where the, the card machine is either fixed to the bar or they have a handheld one that they can pass to you yeah. to put your card on. It's like that, right? Maybe one of them has a slight positive long-term effect because people might get annoyed in a busy bar having to reach across a load of people to yeah. tap their card. But it's not going to make you go into Dave, that bar matter. as opposed to the one next door. It's gone. Not, that's it's completely not. different. And that... Where's the best practice for that? Like you can't. There's no best practice for having a differentiated brand proposition. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think it, a- apart from yeah, that, yeah, exactly, right? yeah. And, but it, that it, it does the whole concept of best practice does blind people to into this sort of UX optimization world where and e- and even like CRO tends to become that because of the word optimization in a way that everything's just about basic elements of ux and you can get you can improve your revenue through doing that you can have a better impact but only to an extent like if you want to grow a business and you want to innovate and you want to achieve something you're not going to do that by tinkering with ux you might make a bit of money definitely but yeah you're not going to achieve anything particularly remarkable by moving buttons around and like layouts and stuff like that you know i mean if, if the website doesn't answer your questions about a product answer your questions about shipping whatever and if it doesn't motivate you to actually make the purchase then the ux stuff doesn't matter yeah right? we can make it super easy for you to find a product and buy it but if you don't care about that product that's the problem. That's you're, you're not going to buy, and that's where the best practice doesn't really fit in. Apart from again, like answer people's questions, right? Find out what people care about, and and make sure that's exactly. visible to them. But there's no best practice of this is the information you need to display if you are in the jewelry yeah. category or yeah. the fashion category. What's the best practice of how do you disrupt Google? So uh, I know we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but what would you say are the most common mistakes you see? 
brands or, or even other agencies making when it comes to CRO? So I think as a general one, I would say just fundamentally misunderstanding what it is. And it's unfortunately very common. I, I, for me, what most people think CRO is, is a product of this kind of industry that's grown over the years around it, which actually back in the day was really a lot of like consultants going and selling CRO as a kind of a tactical thing. And it's created this idea that it is about finding winning tests that like basically what it is, you just like coming up with loads of ideas and finding the winners and then the winning tests like have revenue benefit. And so CRO is you pay some money and you get some money out of it. And that's really strange when you think about it because experimentation does not in and of itself generate any revenue. It helps you make decisions about other things. If I run a test and it wins, then you're going to have to go and do it in your web development agency or engineering team. So I, I've helped you make a decision about something that you can do, which, but then it will be that when you go and do it that makes the money. So there's a lot of really twisted, weird sort of thinking about it. And it, it's sort of a bit like people think it's like PPC or something. So they're like, you've got SEO and PPC and CRO and they've all got three letters. So they're kind of the same. So I put them on a a spreadsheet together and like you've got like some money and then like revenue and stuff like that and it but it just isn't like that at all like it's and it and unfortunately it's really hard to explain why but it isn't and so all that sort of stuff all that kind of sort of strange practice is like really clouded people into having weird ways of applying it and nobody really stops to think about it they just have these sort of uh, perceptions of it that have come from just the fact that it's always been done in this weird way. So that to me is like the ultimate kind of well, it's mission that I see myself as trying to solve. Yeah, I guess part of the issue is everything does come down to ROI. And if you can't if, if you can't present an ROI on something, it's like, well, why? Well, yeah, but for? does anybody ask for a monthly ROI from their web development agency? If you have a web development agency and you set aside like, I don't know, 250 grand retainer for the year to do front-end web development, who is going, I want to see a monthly return on investment figure for that monthly cost? Nobody. They wouldn't. And like experimentation is really a form of web development. It's, it's an aspect of web development. Yeah. But you wouldn't have anybody asking for that ROI figure. Similarly, you would not get people buying a say like a customer research report and asking for a detailed ROI projection of what it's going to deliver. Mostly they wouldn't even ask. They would just say, oh, we need this information. We need this research. It's important to us. And yet experimentation is a form of research and development. You're learning things, but it's because you can do it. It's because, you know, you are doing this controlled experimentation thing, which gives you detailed numbers, which gives you like an incremental revenue. You can do it, that everybody does it. <laughs> you know, other similar fields where nobody would ask for that. So it, it also probably doesn't help that, like you said, it is lumped together with PPC, is seen as a marketing channel, which also isn't helped by the fact that a lot of media agencies say provide or say they provide a CRM. Yes, yeah, it is. I mean, I mean, I've said her saying this. I am part of 
a media agency where we do PPC and SEO as well. And it's a constant battle that I have with our salespeople of like, it's, that's what they try and do. They try and go and say like, you can have PPC and it costs this and it'll deliver this. You can have SEO and it'll deliver this. And you can have CRO and it'll cost this and it'll deliver this. And it's like, it is not the same thing. And it and, and ultimately it comes down to where people put it in their P&L. That's the thing. Because if you look at an e-commerce P&L, I mean, I used to be the e-commerce director of a hotel business. I managed the P&L. So you look at an e-commerce P&L, you have revenue generating marketing activities, PPC, SEO, blah, 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 blah affiliate marketing, all the rest of it. And that those are required to deliver monthly revenue. That is spend that is delivering money. Now, if you think about PPC, PPC is in theory, I mean, not always really, but in theory it is generating traffic. So it is actually creating the value that you're paying for. If you didn't pay that money, you would not have that individual person coming to the website. So it actually genuinely creates that revenue, so on and so forth. So marketing channels are a bit like that. But then you have the e-commerce platform costs. So that's hosting, maintenance, web development, other stuff. Like there is the cost of having a website and web development sits within that. Now, you would maybe on an annual basis go like, it, what are we generating from the website in total? And what's the cost of actually running the website? And you want to see that there is ROI on that. But you wouldn't necessarily break that down and go, I want to know what the ROI of that thing we did is. I want to know what the ROI of replatforming was. I want to know what the ROI of upgrading our PIR, PCI compliance. Do you know what I mean? So like all, all that sits within the e-commerce platform cost. And whilst there is a general view of like the ROI of it, nobody's looking for itemized things. And that, that's the weird thing. Like C- CRO is really web development. It, it is. It's like you come up with ideas about things to do with your website and seeing whether they're a good idea. But the fact that we then go right where every single one of these has got this ROI calculation, it's important because it says it helps you make the decisions. But I don't believe you should transform it into this this is the value of experimentation because then that's weird right like what why would you not do experimentation like why would you not want to make better decisions why would you not want to make sure that that all the revenue that's going into your web development is more commercially viable there's just there's no reason not to do that but when you say this is the value of experimentation then people cannot believe you and they can go well Actually, there's these other things that we're doing that seem to generate more revenue. Do you know what I mean? It all just creates this misunderstanding yeah. of the finance. Well, I mean, that's where the optimization piece comes in. It's it is it's conversion rate optimization. It makes your PPC a bit better, makes your SEO a bit better. But yeah, like you're right. If you didn't do those, you would make no money. Regardless, well, you wouldn't be able to do any testing either. But yeah, you know, it, it doesn't generate any money because it doesn't generate any traffic. It just makes that traffic yeah. fall a bit. But there's another kind of worms, right? Because it doesn't necessarily improve your conversion rate. <laughs> so, I mean, right. uh, what you're doing is creating incremental revenue value by doing things to the website that are good. And the way that is measured is with the conversion rate. But you are not necessarily going to see a marked increase in a conversion rate and so all these kinds of things again like set 
very strange expectations that people have where then somewhere down the line somebody is going to go why are we paying this money for CRO when our conversion rate hasn't increased and then you get in a very awkward conversation because while there is there is genuinely tangible benefit happening but you're not necessarily going to see it as this increase like people want that the brain wants to think about this line that then is going to go up notch because we did CRO and that's just not the case like conversion rate is this very ambiguous leading indicator of everything about your entire business literally everything about your competitive market everything about the economic situation everything about your pricing uh, everything goes into this mathematical percentage of orders divided by traffic like and so that's going all over the place and you're not going to see this nice like notch so again one of the many reasons conversion optimization the name um creates a lot of problems yeah and it's a difficult space yeah as you're obviously well aware um, there is that constant battle of you've got all the people who are claiming big roi pieces or just generally making big claims and then there's on the other side as well i want to tell you that's not the case but it's really is difficult to explain it in a way especially to smaller brands yeah i find where they're not as marketing savvy right explaining to them that's not how this works and it's not a marketing channel it doesn't like you said doesn't generate yeah. revenue because then it leaves them in a case where they're like well why would i spend on it yeah then why, why, why do i need i this? i'm uh, uh, over the last sort of year or so i have come to the conclusion that it is far better to allow people to sort of edge their way into it than to ever sit them down and say you should do this this is what this is the value and this is what you're going to get out of it and what i mean by that is like if you can just say well we'll build some tests and run them for you and then we'll tell you like what those tests did and how they works and stuff like that and that is invariably always going to be of interest to them and then you can say, well, actually, like you don't have a huge amount of volume, so you probably aim to run this amount of tests a year and stuff like that. And then, and they will see the benefit. Like when, once once you start showing people that things that seem obvious do not work, and things that simple things can have a big impact, then they will see the benefit, and they will just naturally start doing that more. And if you can let, if you can helping us facilitate people in that journey and just getting into it and seeing how it works that is infinitely better than like sitting somebody down and saying this is what it's going to do for you this is the roi it's going to deliver for you and like blah 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 because just by doing that you set the wrong expectations for what it is and how to understand the benefit of it so that's I've moved over the years from this position of thinking that's how sales should work to thinking actually it's about just helping people to get into it in whatever way, whatever ways you can kind of help them to just try it out and do a bit of it and all that sort of stuff. And then and it will always generally evolve into being what you want anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Just before we finish up, what is have you got one CRO related tool that you'd recommend? I'm a really big fan of Full Story. So we're, we're a solutions partner of them, but it's not like I'm advocating it because I want to sell it. It's the other way around. Like I just 
over the years, I've used tons of tools like that. And it was about, it was probably about four years ago, the first time I ever used it. And it was an epiphany, really. I was like, oh my God, this is completely different to the way everything else works. Unfortunately for them, it's really hard to explain why. You just kind of have to use it. But it is really good. And like um, the insight and the um, of it is amazing. And I, and there are other tools that on the market, a similar price point that's similar. I don't think they are the same. If In a nutshell, it's because I think you can get into the data in a more granular way without having to kind of export to BigQuery and stuff like that. And you can just explore concepts on the fly and things like that. So yeah, yeah that okay. would be mine. And uh, yeah, one final CRO tip. A CRO tip, understand it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I think the big thing for me is that it's whereas you could dip your toe in PPC by just signing up for Google Ads and running some ads, it really isn't like that with CRO. Like you, the doing it wrong is really no better than not bothering at all. And in fact, it's probably worse actually. However, you can really have no idea at all that you are doing it wrong. So. If anyone's out there thinking they want to get into it, then either you have to really commit to learning about it or making sure that you've got the resource that's got the time to learning about it or invest in expertise from all the wonderful people around the industry that you'll see as engage with on LinkedIn and things like that. But, you know, it has to have expertise behind it. Not necessarily spending hundreds of pounds, hundreds of thousands on like agencies or whatever, but you just have to straight away think where are we getting the actual expertise from this because just getting somebody in the corner of a marketing team to do a bit of testing is pretty much not going to deliver anything in fact it could be worse so that would be my tip <laughs> yeah awesome all right thank you if anyone wants to reach out and find out more from you what's the best way linkedin probably so i'm very active on linkedin connect to me on linkedin and reach out to me on dm through linkedin if you want you'll also see a link to a website of mine which is about my personal brand stuff that i do so linkedin is the starting point awesome and that's a wrap on a rather enlightening episode with johnny some much needed light shed on the CRO conundrum if today's talk doesn't make you rethink your CRO strategy then it's time to take a step back and listen again if you fancy a deeper conversation with johnny hit him up on linkedin uh, he's got more insights up his sleeve if you've got thoughts questions or uh, maybe a, des- a burning desire to suggest a guest hit me up on at will at customersyclick.com or on LinkedIn. Uh, Stay tuned for next week where I'll be chatting with Trina Moitra about how brands can find the best selling angles for their products. But until then, keep those customers clicking.